0: OSS Cubed Gigantic! A monster! Enormous! Behemoth! The OSS Cubed gets underway on Sunday, August 14th and it's bringing to the table a whopping $4.5 million in guarantees over 4 weeks. Yep, that's $4.5 million, our most exciting endeavor yet, with three massive main events. It all adds up to 141 online poker events with something for everyone. There's also a combined leaderboard that will award four all-inclusive packages, $4,900 value each, to the 2016 Punta Cana Poker Classic. And it's waiting for you at America's Card Room.
1: Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 102 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by America'sCardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from America'sCardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the links or banners on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website and also via iTunes for free. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then email questions at OneOuter.com or you can tweet them or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, this is the second episode we're recording Back to Back today because you were away Christian battle rapping. (laughs) yeah. Boy, that sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you sounded like you had a good time. You filled everyone in on that and your live poker escapades. We dealt with the competition winners last week. Congratulations again to Cole and Nancy who won the books, the cop- uh, copies of The Myth of Poker Talent, Alex's new book. So, Alex, I think we promised this, qu- this show we're going to get right into the questions. Unless there's any sort of side notes or issues or uh, something that's been annoying you this week, uh, apart from cans Uh, on your lawn.
2: I'm, I'm I'm doing pretty well, man. I'm just, you know what I've been doing a lot of? I've been walking the dogs and listening to Audible books, and that's like changing my life because my dogs seem, it's really different having like a creature or like, love you you know what i mean like just to have like a little dog like look like you are the light of my life you know what i mean and it's just uh the dogs are so appreciative every time i take them you know it's it's because you feed them yeah i know (laughs) it's because i feed. well you know what there's a lot of people that take care of them they don't do that too so when i'm gone but yeah anyway no i mean it's uh it's been pretty cool man like i've always adam carolla on his show people call in they go i'm depressed and he's like Listen to classical music and go for walks. People are like, oh, yeah, like it's that easy, right? And he's like, okay, listen to an audio book and go for a walk, right? And uh-huh. it's honestly, like, there's just so much bad crap out there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I was watching. This is the only note I want to make before we get into the questions, and it's more like an Ask Alex thing. It's a strategy component. I was listening to this book called The C- Compound Effect on my way, to uh on my way to pittsburgh and florida and uh this guy was talking about this guy is like overbearing to put it lightly, right in the audio version but uh it was something he was talking about He, he was like what do you think it does to you when in the morning you're eating your breakfast you're watching the news and it's just all negative it's all too it's Two, I don't know if you've ever if you guys see a lot of American news in the United Kingdom, but like I, I only watch BBC because I can't stand American television anymore because it's just it's literally two people screaming at each other the entire hour. That's all it is, right? And uh, you, you turn off the news, you get in your car and what do you do? You listen to the radio and the radio is just drivel top 40 and it's also terrible talk radio. And then when you're at, uh, on break at work, what do you do? You check your sports scores, right? He's like, what do you think, you know, that's like two, three hours a day. You're just exposing yourself to garbage, right? There's just nothing that, like, I like, I watch baseball. I love baseball, but like, you know, when I'm working, like, I didn't get to watch baseball the entire time I was on my business trip. I mean, except for the game I attended, but other than that, but like, uh, I didn't get to like watch it on my TV. You know what I mean? I didn't have time. Right. And then, uh, it's cool to like watch sports center for like 20 minutes, but the rest of your day. You shouldn't be exposing yourself to like the news and stuff because it's pretty negative. And he was like, why don't you take, uh, se- you know, not self-help books, but just business management books, uh, history books, uh, self-help books, business development books, un- entrepreneurial books, all that stuff. Why don't you just listen to that every time you're in the car, every time you're eating? Why don't you try to expose yourself to that? Why don't you what do you think that's going to do to you? uh, over a couple of weeks. And I was like, wow, man, that sounds like real type A behavior, but it makes a lot of sense. Right. By the way, it's really weird to me when people say like, I'm a type A personality, like it's a good thing. Type A also means irrational, impatient and stuff like that. But for those of you who don't know, type A is like driven, like crazy driven, like, uh, Richard Branson. Right. And then, uh, but I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out. So on my way While I was packing here, I was listening to a book called Vagabonding. Incredible. Finished it. When I was on my way to Florida, I was listening to The Compound Effect. Incredible. Finished it. While I was in town, every time I was working out, every time I was walking around, every time I was trying to, you know, I was on my way to the bank or whatever. I was listening to How to Stop Worrying and Stop Living. Incredible. And I could feel my like mood alleviating through the weeks, right? I've been in a real rut and I could just feel myself feeling a lot better because it was like having a coach all day telling you really intelligent things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever thought of this? Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought of this? And it's really kind of an intimate experience with the earbuds, you know, just going right into your head. And uh, yeah, and I was thinking, God, I'm feeling a lot better these days. And especially when you're walking and you're doing it, right? It feels really good. And then they're, uh, it, it's really interesting because like, I, I read the reviews, like I post reviews on Goodreads because I'm a nerd. Uh, add me on Goodreads. I love to review books. I love to talk books. Like books are my addiction. And uh, like, it's really weird. Every like self-help book you read, there's like 20 reviews. It's like, yeah, I've heard all of this before. Lol. And I was like, I I was listening to the compound effect. This guy has an incredible demonstration of how like little changes will compound and turn into a huge difference within like, and the thing that was really fascinating was he was showing like at three months, six months, 12 months, 24 months, you're not going to see it. But at 27 months, 30 months, 36, everything explodes. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was using it with, One guy eats 150 calories extra a day. One guy stays at his baseline. One guy cuts 150 calories a day. And like at the end of three years, one guy's turned into the fat ass, typical married guy. And the other guy's dropped 36 pounds (laughs) or something. But all the weight gain happened. I mean, like there's no difference between the two of them like 17 months in. Right. It just looks like a couple pounds here and there. And then uh, it's really pronounced, though, at the end when they're really off on the trajectory, right? And it was, I was listening to that, and I was like, I've never heard that in my life. And he does that with business, and he does that with a lot of stuff. And I was like, well, that was worth, I looked it up on Audible. It was $6. It's, if you hired this guy as a private coach, it would literally be $1,000 an hour. It is a buck in change to listen to this guy do his best material in your earbuds. And I was like, why don't we all do this? you know what I mean? And uh, I, I, I was thinking, like, this is so much better for me than, you know, Facebook. Like, you turn on Facebook, and it's like, how dare you vote for any candidate other than mine? How do you not vote for any candidate other than mine? It's like, all right, guys, it, guess what? And, like, Hillary or Trump gets elected? Neither of them are doing anything for you. I will bet every dollar I have my entire net worth on that they do not care about you. Okay. They care about power and keeping that power. No one cares. You're spending, I mean, you spend all this time on this garbage, you know what I mean? But yeah, other than that, I've been in an amazing mood, but yeah, (laughs) I had to transition. But yeah, my mom's coming in to hang out with me for uh, a few, actually, she's going to be here for a month. So that's going to be pretty cool because my mom's uh, my mom's pretty much like the coolest customer ever, you know, she just chills and she watches sports and she'll listen to metal and she'll listen to hip hop and stuff like that. And she just, you know, she just chills there and gives good advice and hangs out, you know what I mean? So she's always awesome to have around here. And, you know, she helps me kind of like tidy up around here and cooks and stuff. And that's been, that's been good given some recent, uh, life development. So yeah, anyway, it's a, uh, wait for the battle. You'll hear about all of it. But anyway, there's a, I just kind of want to put it all in that. So yeah, you know, good. life's good, man. Let's talk, let, let's save some babies. Who we'll yeah. needs some savings?
1: But- well, first of all, I said last show, we got lots of positivity and nice gestures and you name it. Like just our listeners are, are the best. I would really mean that. Yes, they are. And, uh, we got another message that I didn't have time to read out last time. So I said I'd read it out this time. And it is from Kevin Artman. Uh, hi, Barry and Alex. My wife Michelle and I listen to your podcast every week on our way to. I hope. Let me see if I can pronounce this. To Chokta. Oh, Chokta.
2: Cho- I, I, you know what? I knew how to Chocta. pronounce that until Chocta. you said it. Choctaw Chokta. Uh, that's okay. We only massacred and killed all of them. Why would we learn their name?
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, I think it's Chokta. I think.
2: I think it's Chokta. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, weekly on our way to Choctaw to play the Saturday weekly tournament, 10k guaranteed. We love your podcast. Sweet! I have, had, I have had good success in the past few weeks, and I think your podcasts and webinars have helped. I finished top 10 in the WPT Choctaw, 300k guaranteed last month. Whoa! We made, we made a deal with 10 left at the final table. I was short stack, 10 big blinds, and was ready to go out in 10th place for $4,700. I made a deal for 10k and signed Uh for 10th place, which paid 4,700, no taxes under 5k. I also placed in the WPT Chukta senior event 23rd a week later. I recently purchased the Assassinato webinar master collection. I can't wait to implement some of your strategies. If you guys ever get out to Chukta and Durant, let's hook up for a meal. You guys rock, keep doing what you're doing. You guys do a lot for poker. Kevin and Michelle Artman.
2: Wow.
1: In Plano, Lion, Texas, I think. Yeah, so. yeah, sir, right on the border yeah. there.
2: You, you know, so, that was so weird. I was thinking of going to Oklahoma because they have this, like, they have this, like, $2.5 million guaranteed tournament. And it's a million for first. And I've heard about a 1,000 references. I think Choctaw is in Oklahoma. I've heard about a 1,000 references to Oklahoma in the last, like, week. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, God, now i got to go out there, right? But I'm like, that's so ridiculous. You know what I mean? And the way this structure is, it's a million for first and like 286,000 for second. So it's a little stressful when you get to that final table. Right. But I I don't, thank you so much for the kind email. That means a lot. And Hey, by the way, that was the sickest deal you'll ever get in your life (laughs) (laughs) on that 10 they're supposed to pay you like one or two K they have to pay you something because mathematically you're better off gambling, than taking the icm because you already you've accepted you have 10th place anyway you got like three times what you're supposed to get i don't know how you pulled that off but you're my new hero that's awesome that's so cool congratulations on that that is money well deserved you probably uh you you have some serious people skills if you pulled that one off that's a I get the idea. I wouldn't get that deal. I, I tend to rub people the wrong way during during uh, contract negotiations. At the end, but yeah. Anyway, uh, that's awesome. That's really cool. And I, I, congratulations on the seniors' event. Good luck to Michelle. I hope you cashing in a bunch of stuff as well. And uh, yeah, we got we got a pretty varied audience now, huh? I, Don't mean, I was going to
1: say that. I think it's great when people do email in, and like we usually get the question. You know, is Jack from? wherever, Belgium, and, yeah. you know, it's, some guys really go into their story and stuff like that. And then we've had a lot of emails recently, like, supportive, great feedback and stuff. And, like, just, you know, Nancy Johnson, the middle-aged, you know, 50s female, she plays in our bar league and stuff. I always just, I mean, everybody stereotypes. I stereotype our listeners as people that are maybe 19 to 35 Hoodies, these you know like you know typical mtt player you know you know those those guys don't like
2: our podcast i've heard specifically on the road they because we call them out on a lot of different things and they don't like that you know and then also i know everything about professional poker and why uh it, it, why a lot of these people are just ru- you know ruining the game. So it's yeah, a, point a lot crazy. of
1: them also won't like when we're like you're not a professional if you're sitting eating your frosties in your mom's <laughs> basement or whatever as <laughs> well. Right. You call like, them frosties?
2: Oh my god, what? that's amazing. Oh,
1: frosties, uh, Tony the Tiger. Yeah, they the, yeah. call yeah.
2: them uh, zucaritas down here, but yeah, it's essentially <laughs> the same thing, right? But yeah, they're. Uh, look- How do you say they're great in Spanish? in no I don't I have, I have no idea <laughs> and, and, uh, did you ever see the family Guy one where they're showing like the store brand? It's like their food, but
1: yeah oh, right. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> uh what was I gonna say uh, we didn't really i <clears throat> last episode, we didn't thank America's card room enough we by the way, we can't do this without America's card room, and I think it's pretty sick that out of all the podcasts they picked us, you know what I mean? Because we we're kind of low budget, just trying to help people. And I think we're more like the working man's poker, you know, like, Hey, this is for, and for a lot of you guys that are out there having fun, I want you to make a couple of bucks while you do it because I love poker. Pokers. I know at the beginning of the show, I didn't really love poker because I was kind of going through a quarter life crisis or whatever they call it these days. But I love cards. I I can't, I was in Pittsburgh playing 1-3, and I was thinking, like, I don't know if there's any other place I'd want to be. This is still so fun. And I'm like, I've been doing this since I was 15 years old. I'm almost 30 now. This is going to be half my life, and I still – I could do this until I'm 80. And it's Mm -hmm. so cool, you know what I mean? And, like, a 50-year-old – okay, a 50-year-old kicked my ass in one hand, right? Actually, no, not even 50, 65 or something like that. And at the end, I wasn't even mad. I folded my hand, I get – my new thing is back slaps, right? Because mm-hmm. I do get get to kind of hit you while I do it. But no, I'm just kidding. But I gave him a back slap and I was like, nice hand, sir. And you could tell that that was just that made that guy's day. You know what I mean? Getting to outplay the kid, right? And I'm pretty sure he had a better hand than I did. I folded trips. But they. Uh, but even if he did, it, it's so cool to play a game like, you know, if him and I like, you know, let's go play basketball. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He's not going to work me. But, like, he can he can get that in at the table. And I was just, man, it's so cool. And America's Card Room supports that. You know what I mean? They picked us up, and we're doing it. And we get to do this weekly only because of them. So if you guys do want to sign up, you know, please do so. We'll get you that rake back. Uh, I, I'm looking at playing a lot more in the coming weeks. I'm going to be putting more videos up on YouTube because I still love that site. I love the action. I love the tournament structures. I love the big money payoffs at the end. I love that classic poker that they bring. And, yeah, I hope to see you all there. And, thanks, shout-out to America's Card Room for making it all possible. And, shout-out to all you for making it all possible. Now, let's save some kids. Let's get some money at them poker tables. You know what I'm saying, Barry? Let's do this.
1: Just one one more thing to bring us up as a a podcast. We are not the show that does the EPT coverage or the EPT who won last week's tournament. We are at, well, the way I see it is it's Alex. He's been there, done that, and is still doing it. He's a good teacher. He puts out applicable stuff that you can <laughs> take action on and, and actually make money. Like a lot of our listeners, we mentioned it last time. One's won a bracelet. Okay, maybe another one's won a bracelet and doesn't you know mess there, there, it or whatever. Other, we don't know. A lot, but, of, uh, a lot but, of my
2: students have done crazy things. I can't. Yeah, uh, so yeah. it's
1: applicable stuff, and you can actually learn from it and make money. So. As Alex mentioned, America's Cardroom supports us. If you don't have an account, sign up for one. One, you get 27% rate back. All you got to do is sign up for the account by clicking on the advert or the banner on the com website. That's the link that will take you to it. Sign up, do it all, and that's you good to go. And those guys keep us, keep our lights on, and allow Alex and myself to keep doing the show and Alex to basically answer all your questions. So, yeah. as Alex said... Without further ado, let's get into the I questions. Let's do so We did, we did promise you a question-filled episode. Yep. Uh, okay, so we are going... The first one is from Marcus. Um, hi, can you talk a bit about when to push your edge or not in tournament situations? Say if you mm. can see the cards face up, what percentage favourite would you be happy getting all your stack in? say at the late stages of a tournament but you're not in the money but you're not on the bubble either
2: Whew, that's a tough question that's a that's a great one though thank you uh, like uh going back to our last episode if you haven't heard that there i was talking about how i called a 20x 28x jam with eights i i want you to know 90 percent of the time i fold there uh not because i don't think i don't have an edge but it's such a huge risk and there's so many uh It's not that huge of an edge. Uh, Generally, the weaker the table, the bigger the edge you need. Uh, There's a – essentially, think about it like this. If you're at a final table, and this is an example I use quite frequently, so if you guys have heard this before, my apologies. But let's say there's 10 people at this final table, and everybody has exactly 10% of the, the chips, right? Now you get into a hand on the first hand and you double up. Have your chances, everybody's the exact equal skill level, let's say that. Have your chances doubled of winning the tournament? Are you now going to win this tournament one time out of five? Well, I've asked that question to numerous more accomplished pros than myself, and every single one of them said no, no way on God's green earth. Uh, Your chances of winning that tournament go from 10% to 17%, right? Right. However, if you lose all your chips, your chances of winning that tournament go from 10% to 0%. This is the basis of independent chip modeling, right? And uh, it's pre- that's pretty much the easiest way I can explain it. And you always want to be thinking about this, where the chips you win a lot of times are not worth as much as what you're losing. This is why I think like Phil Hometh and Negrano are so dominant, is they do a lot of stuff to like chop out little pots, right? what they call like small ball and that that makes a lot of sense because the chips they're risking are worth about it about as much as what they're getting right and i think it's a lot easier to stay under the radar and shop out so, uh, some small pots right especially with the stuff we talk about in the webinars with like calling from the big blind check raising donk leading uh a, a lot of that stuff uh there, a lot of times and that's something to bring up uh I'm going to bring up quite a bit in a uh, Live Poker 101 is when you three bet, you kind of throw that all to the wind, right? Because now you're, you're, you three bet semi bluff. That's a really good at like a very soft table. Uh, and, you know, you do get those, right? Like, uh, like, if you watch me play 1 3, I just three bet half the hands I play because I want to get heads up with the guy. And, you know, it, it, a chip's a chip in cash game, right? It, it doesn't really matter. And if my table's a little softer, I will three bet to get a heads up with a lot of hands that other people will call. But uh, three betting kind of throws you into these huge pots where what you're risking is not really going to be worth nearly as much as what you're going to get. So you really need to know you have an edge on the table, right? This is also like if, you pr- if you're playing with a bunch of guys that just don't – the more you study, the more you're going to be able to recognize people who are just kind of playing for fun. And those people are great. Uh, my first, uh, actually all my tables were pretty tough in Florida, but my 1100 had some guys just kind of playing for fun. And in that case, you know, if the other like top reg at the table wanted to play a big pot with me, I'm just not going to do it. Like I-, I can't give you a specific number. I, I just, I-, I can let you know, I'm not playing a big pot without a big hand there. Right. And, uh, if I am triple barreling, bluffing or something like that. It's because I know the spot front ways and back ways and there's no hunch about it, right? It's just I I have worked the spot quite a bit, right? Now, let's say you're in that 5250. Now, I was playing that 5250 and everybody could play ball at that table. Everybody was a really good player. Now, normally I don't try to triple barrel people off of top pair. Uh that's like a risk I will never take at that 1100 table, but it's a risk that I'm prepared to take at the 5250 table because that's one of very few leaks that the, the that the higher stakes players can have. Right. And furthermore, it behooves me, which is a highfalutin word for which highfalutin is a highfalutin word. But it behoove is a big way of saying it's a good idea, too. But I had an English teacher who always used it. So it always goes through my head. Uh but it's a good idea to kind of push your smaller edges when your skill edge isn't nearly as, as big. Now, let's say you got a ton of chips. Uh, a, a ton of chips needs to be protected a lot more than a short stack. Like a short stack, you can kind of just get in there and gamble with it, right? Whereas, uh, and I'm assuming you're away from the money bubble right now. If you got a ton of chips, though, I think you really got to take that helm you, like chop it out. Uh, Uh, you know, you can fire at like a flop, you can fire a pre-flop, maybe you can fire a turn, but if you're triple barreling, you better have a really good idea as to what you're doing. Right. And you better, and and a lot of these, like my donk bets and check raises, uh, you know, people say like, Oh, these are such like risky plays. Well, what they do is kind of put the guy in a put up or shut up situation. And most people just shut up. They just go, ah, whatever. Right. It looks like a really big bet when you're, like, check-raising the size of the pot or you're donk-leading two-thirds of the size of the pot. But a lot of times the hand just ends there or on the turn, like, for a reduced price as opposed to you check calling down and just hoping for the best. A lot of times people will triple-barrel you and put you in that spot. And so I think when you have a big stat, you've got to chop out a lot of pots. That can mean three-betting if you've got a lot of guys that are just going to call you and check fold, right? But if you've got a lot of guys that can play ball... Like, I didn't three bet semi bluff once at that 5250 table or a 2650 table because everybody at those tables could play really well. So, I'm not going to build these big old pots where I don't think they're going to fold because I don't think my skill edge is that big and the chips I'm risking are not worth what I'm going to get. Now, when this is really applicable is in two different situations. Right before the money bubble, a lot of times you're, if you min cash, you get 2.5 times your buying, and if you look at the ICM value of your chips. It's like 1.6 times your buy-in. So you buy buying. So your money automatically appreciates if you can just hold out for 26 minutes or so, whatever it is, right? So like on the WCP, this really pained me, but in the WCP main event, I lost a, big, a, a few big old pots right before the money bubble. And I, I kind of had to hang out. Like uh, I could have pushed, if the, if the min cash was inconsequential, I, I could have pushed it, but a min cash was $16,000. Right. You know what I mean? And e, e, that's even a pretty, that's a decent size percentage. You know what I mean? And, uh, 16 a, a K bubble is nothing to, you know, people do that stuff where it's like, Oh, you shouldn't think of the money. It's like, what are you talking about? Like money is yeah. what I used to pay all my bills with, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, if my chips are going to appreciate from $7,414 to 16816 if I can hold out for 26 minutes, I am not going to flat a raise with 27x with Ace-5 suited from middle position. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to open 10-9 suited from middle position. I, I just can't. Because even though I can push that edge, and I felt like I did have a bit of an edge on that table, I, de- I definitely felt a lot of people at that table were scaredy-cats once you got to the Turner River. I can't do that when I'm on the bubble, right? Because then, sure enough, once I got the money, I held out for another day, and it just didn't work out at that time. But I I wasn't mad at anything I did in the main event because I did my job, right? My job is to make money at poker tournaments, and I did do that. Now, was I – now, however, right before the bubble, when I had, like, twice normal stack – That's a good time to press your edge because you're making these like little bets, but they're not little to other people, right? Now to you, like the chips you're risking when you have two two times normal stack compared to what you're going to get back are not that much. But if that's like 40% of their stack and they're right before a 16K bubble, that's worth quite a bit. So they're just going to fold out. Well, anyway, I did, you know, I just doubled up half the world when I did that, right? So it was, uh... by the way, something I'm really proud of in the 1100 in the money. If I'm not mistaken, I had ace. I know I got aces cracked by Queen Jack, which was awesome, and I think I had kings. Jack, I had kings cracked as well. I, I didn't even think to bring that up in the recap last time. In the old days, that would have pissed me off so much. Like I finally get because you watch like those deep runs right And, like a WSOP, right, and it's just like wow he has queens he holds wow. I wish somebody could <laughs> yeah uh, all right somebody's got to teach me how to do that Man, like man uh, what coach do i hire to figure that one out right you know what i mean and then, and then i'm sitting there it's so sad. yeah no you're sitting there scrounging with like you know you're trying to turn water into wine the next time you're in a tournament you're not catching cards and you just see jackass who's already won two tournaments like and i opened this and i hit this no <laughs> like i'm so sick it's like yeah buddy if i ran like you i'd be sick too like you know but then you start realizing, man that who's that going to help you know that that line of thinking right well, and then like a lot of times a year and a half later, you see those same guys struggling, or you see them get bond gonzo dollars like tons of money, and then they they think they're going to back twenty of their buddies because they think they're going to run like that too, and then you just kind of feel bad for them, but yeah, anyway, i I digress uh, the other the other time is final tables, uh, a lot of times at a final table, like you got a ton of chips you want to be chopping it out. But if you get into a all in pot with the other big stack at the table, you're just walking around the table. And like, by the way, everybody's heard this before if you're a long listener, but just imagine holding out a stack of hundreds and going, here's one for you. Here's two for you. Oh, You were the short stack. Here's three for you. You just spew money to every other single person at that table. Right? So it's rarely, whatever edge you're getting is rarely worth it. Right. So it's kind of an art form in poker, but you've got to challenge the other big stack chopping out those small pots and giving him the idea you can go for all the chips, but not doing it most of the while, most of the time. It's like a nuclear strategy. The best nuclear strategy will be effective. You'll never have to use it because you're always willing to use it, right? So I am capable of triple barrel bluffing. I have done big bluffs deep in tournaments, and I've done – I don't know if all of those were absolutely necessary, but the good thing is now a lot of times people just fold to me because they know I'm capable of doing it. Right. Whereas if you don't really, you know, I, I, there's two ways you play poker. You either fly under the radar. This is what I teach most of the 50 somethings, which is you just fly under the radar and play an aw shuck style. This is a really good, that's how you do it with recreational players, right? They just kind of think you keep hitting something you can see Negrano do this with, like, r- recreational players, right? It just, oh shucks. Uh, I got there. Uh, look at that. And then, meanwhile, he's robbing you blind, right? Whereas when Daniel Negrano was playing with other pros, he turns on Daniel Negrano, like, bloodthirsty animal mode, right? You know? And then uh, then it's a lot of, like, not talking. It's a lot of, like, he, I, I mean, like, <laughs> people say he's a really nice guy. I think that guy's cutthroat. Like, I've seen him show bluffs and get in people's heads and, talk crap and stuff like that. And then you don't need to take it that far, but you do at some point you do have to kind of like go after people and you have to let them know I could do this to you. But the, the hard part is knowing you can't do it all that often. Right. But yeah. Any, anyway, be a peaceful warrior though. If you get caught, just laugh, but you want people to, you, you want people to know that it's possible. You could go after them. I uh, hope that answered your question. Good luck to you.
1: Okay, and the next one is we are gonna I'm just there's not many big emails that come in that I don't sort of read through and like chop it into a question. Yeah. But this one I'm just I'm just gonna read it verbatim. All right. Um this one is from Johan from Sweden. Okay. And the subject is question about big MTT scores early in career but mm. then losing one hundred and eighty K. Mm-hmm. All right. So is It hey, this sounds my, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why I decided. I was like, I'm just going to read it out, you know, so rather than that way you can decide. I don't want to decide what to edit. It's all important. It's a guy's story. I hope you know?
2: at the end no. he doesn't go, don't put the the amount <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. last episode. Listen to the last episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, hey, my name is Johan from Sweden, and I'm a regular listener to the show. And first of all, I have to say this is the best and most valuable poker podcast out there. Sweet. Big ups for you guys for putting this great pod together. You are really helping so many people and changing lives, no doubt about it. Keep up the good work. Big ups to you
2: knowing what big ups is. You're you're my yeah. kind of Swede, man. You know you know your way around
1: this world, man. All right, continuing. Uh, as for my question, I'm going to try to make it as short as possible. Well, that did not work out too well, sorry. <laughs> uh, three years ago, I chopped the Sunday Million five-way for about 80k, a week after a 10k score in a Sunday storm. I was 25 years old, had played probably around 500,000 hands recreationally, mostly MTTs over eight-year period up until that point, with no scores above 3k. I did not use a HUD, and I was pretty bad, but I thought I was good, and that I, up until that point, I'd just been extremely unlucky, like every self, self-taught self MTT fish with selective memory does. Now I finally had gotten the results I deserved, I thought, haha! I quit my job, spent all the money on travelling, living the good life, and when I had 10k left, I started playing again. Lost that, then basically over the following one, one and a half years, I got myself all credit cards and high interest loans I could get, and it added up to $180,000. Needless to say, my early bank bink turned out to be a terrible thing for me. As I was losing the loan money, I started studying the game more and more, got a hand, etc., but I was just not good enough and chasing losses to the extreme, playing up to 10 to 20 tables in mid-high stakes, 18 to 14 hours every day. In the end, I could not get any more credit cards or loans. I was fucked. In the end, I had to move to my dad. Then he took up a low-interest loan on his house to pay my debt, so I now owe him 180 k wow. uh, The last year, I've studied a ton, gotten myself a coach, been in the training site, forums, etc., and I'm, and I'm currently an OK reg in the small mid-stakes MTTs, and the last four months, I've all been winning months for a total of 16 k My dad is very supportive, and I'm allowed to play full-time to pay back my loan to him. The biggest problem is with such a debt, my mindset is kind of broken, and I wonder what kind of tips you have to keep up motivation with such a long road ahead. I've fallen more and more in love with the game again. The more I study and I play now and I'm grateful I can play for a living, yet I'm still chasing that big score that will fix it all and make me debt-free. I put that in like quotation marks. Uh, 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 although, I, although I know it's very unlikely to happen that way, My average buy-in is now $20. I play on six sites with great game selection. I know you have been deep in makeup in the past, so hopefully you have some good advice on how to go about starting from the bottom moving forward. Like yourself, I also do not drink or do any drugs anymore, so I have good health. Go to the gym every day and have a lot of time on my hands to make it happen. I realize this is probably way too long of a question for the podcast, but just to, uh, an answer to the email would be much appreciated. Best regards, Johan.
2: Hey man, that's a, whew, that's a heartfelt email. That's uh all right. Let's, uh, let's get down to business. Uh, you're in a situation that literally every American is in. Uh, I mean, well, literally that's such a stupid. I literally every college kid was what I meant to say, but I turned it into American, but we're pretty good at getting into debt. And, uh, you know, those people seem to find a way to get past it, and they're paying a lot more. I mean, you said you got a low-interest loan with a supportive father. I mean, that's kind of hitting the lottery, him getting you out. Look, everybody makes mistakes when they're 25, 26. I've made I, – I kind of – one of the reasons I did that battle, role model versus self-centered, is I always feel like I make myself out to be this role model in one outer podcasts and stuff like that, which I kind of have to, because you guys are asking me questions, but when you guys see that battle, I'm going to bear with you, like, a lot of stuff that I've dealt with, and I'm, I'm still dealing with, and I've, you know, I, I, okay, I'm not going to try to, I'm not, I'm not trying to blow up anybody's spot here, but there's, okay, there's a good chance I'm going to be on the road again quite a bit here in the future, and I'm not going out there with a lot, right, I'm not, I don't have a ton of money right now. i been in makeup in the past. I'm in makeup right now. <laughs> I mean, where do you guys think I get all this money to play 50K and scoop 50K and that? Now, the makeup total is certainly daunting. And I don't even know if you call it makeup. I was selling action to this one guy. And I tried, we kind of had a deal where it was like he was buying up all my action. I was getting some really nice profit shop numbers. And, you know, I was I was taking on more work so I could pay him back and stuff like that. And, you know, we play one 10K after another. The amount gets pretty big at some point and he's trying to recover it. And, you know, I'm trying to wrap in my online action and stuff like that. And stuff gets tough. You know, It, it gets tough. You know, I make money on the side. I do all right. I make, you know, and I make money playing poker. You know, it's not all exclusive heads up. It's not like he's got all my action. You know what I mean? I made money on my own at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, you know. I cut him in. I cut myself in. I cut other investors in. We're all getting paid, but it's a long process. And there's a lot of times – here's something that I didn't understand about poker tournaments for a long time. If you have not just won a poker tournament, you are technically on a downswing, all right? So, like, whenever somebody tells me I'm in a downswing in poker tournaments, I start laughing, right? Or, oh, my God, I'm in makeup. It's like you couldn't be in any other place. It's not like you could be in profit. You're not it playing from profit when you're in a makeup deal. You, you see, when you're, in a, when you're in a deal, you know what I mean? And uh, you have to be in makeup. You're supposed to be in makeup 99% of the time. Uh, once I stopped looking for big scores, I started getting them more often. And uh, that happened to me, you know, when I final table the F-Tops, when I final table the w coop when I chopped out the w uh Zoom. I didn't shot that out. I won that out outright. But, like, uh, you know, once I – when I was really playing for love of the game, you know, the money started coming. But the only way you can play for love of the game is by accepting your situation right now. And I got to tell you, a lot of guys – okay, it was your college education. I thought you were going to tell me you wasted the money playing poker. It sounded like you had a pretty good time with the money. You know what I mean? And I'm not – I wouldn't advocate that for any anyone, but, like, uh, there's a lot of times, like, I talk to, you know, I talk to Christian kids, and they're like, man, you know, I, I, I really like my faith and everything, but I kind of wonder what it'd be like traveling, and, you know, like, it, it seemed like you were having a good time, I'm like, dude, it was awful a lot of the time, you know what I mean, like, those handovers and those withdrawal symptoms and crazy crazy women you're worried about, about to become your baby mama. Like, you know, what kind of stress that comes out to. And uh, I'm leveling with you. Like you're my friend. So this might be more American English, but I, I since you said big ops, I assume you're going to understand it because every Swede speaks better English than me. I'm just going to tell you, tell it to you straight. But uh, essentially, you know, I mean, we all get, we all get into debt. That's another thing. Like you start talking to a lot of people like, but the great part about my job is I get to talk to every tournament player. I get to talk to and on the road, I get to meet a lot of different people, right? Uber is like the craziest, coolest thing in the world now because old, ta- okay. I hate taxi drivers with a passion. We established that a few, few episodes ago, but with taxis, yeah, that one of them just honked at me. It was like, I'm screw <laughs> you too, buddy. And then, uh, I have a taxi driver in my neighborhood, he, but he seems like a good guy, but it'd be pretty funny if it was him. But yeah, uh, Like, in a taxi, you get in the back, and, you know, the taxi driver's always kind of, you know, he's always kind of insane and from some country you can't pronounce, and he's screaming at you, and he's got, like, goulash or whatever. Excuse me, that'd be a specific country. He always always has some odd-smelling food, and he's playing pop music you can't stand or understand. But, like, in an Uber, it's like it's a clean car. It's a nice – it's usually a professional from another field who's just trying to make some other money. And, you know, you get in the front and this is crazy because when you go to a psychiatrist or you go to a psychologist, they put you, you know, the classic, they put you in a couch facing away from them. Right. Because talking to the wall is better. You know, like when I go see my psychologist, she's actually pretty smart. She uh, what she does, she has this like vista of Costa Rica that you look at, but you don't look at her while you're talking. So you end up like opening up about everything because you feel like you're talking to the heavens. Right. Well, an Uber. Ooh, well, an Uber. It is a taxi driver. I'm not making this up. It was. An, it was a taxi driver. Oh my God.
1: That's so funny. He's looking for weird. someone. Yeah.
2: That's really bizarre. But in an Uber, you, you know, you don't really get in the back because you know this guy's like kind of working on the side, right? And you get in the front just to be respectful. And then you guys are talking to each other, but you're looking directly ahead, right? So you're not really seeing each other. You can have an entire like, soul-bearing conversation with an Uber driver, and they're, they're cool with opening up to you because they assume they're never going to meet you again, right? And you might not know what the guy looks like, or the gal. And traveling this entire these United States, as Dale Carnegie would say, it's really funny. If you listen to, like, old books, they always say these United States instead of the United States, which is, you think about it more grammatically correct. But, yeah, anyway, they, uh, I, I realize everybody's got problems, man. And then in Costa Rica, I'm talking to people here, everybody's got problems. I'm in different countries, in the Bahamas, I'm talking, everybody's got debt, everybody's got problems, everybody got a job that ain't paying enough, everybody's working two or three jobs. You ain't working two or three jobs. You're not in debt to a bank that's trying to steal your family home of 200 years. Just, you just, you, you screwed up. You're 25. You know, that happens. I made a lot of mistakes. Barry made more mistakes than both of us put together. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But like, we, uh, probably did. <laughs> I mean, we, Barry and I both blew a lot of money before we, like, figured out what makes us happy. You know what I mean? And uh, you kind of experienced the good life. You know, you really, you're probably traveling. You're probably getting some strains. You're probably doing a lot of drugs or whatever. Maybe you weren't. I don't know. Maybe you're drinking quite a bit. But now you know all that's garbage. And you know what dude? Okay, so you paid 180k. But here's what you gained. All right? You gained a ton of experience. All right? You ever meet Do you know how many guys I know from home who met a girl who's like, "This is a good girl." Right? She is faithful, she is loving, she is funny, she is beautiful, she takes care of the man so much. And these guys end up, when they're 28 or 34, they end up, like, cheating on her because they never experienced anything else. And they're just like, I got to figure it out. And I'm like, well, it's one of those grass is greener things, man. You should have watered the grass on your side. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you know who I know never does that? All the people kind of burn themselves out when they were 24, right? So, like, when you meet a woman... With the history, guys do this crap all the time. It's like, oh, she's got a bit of a history. I'm like, well, does she know what she wants now? And it's like, yeah, well, you do too, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, she, that's life. You know what I mean? She was, it's, uh, I'm sorry, dude. It's a 2016. You know, if she wants to reform and make her life better and, you know, she's ready to, like, settle down, that's it. You know, and uh, you, relationship wise, are going to be really good. Business wise, you're going to be really good because, you know, and I know so many business people who get to like 55 and they get their retirement and they go, was this all there was? They, get, they go uh-huh. they go do the exact same thing you're saying. They're blowing their money. The worst part is that it took them 25, 35 years to come up with this money, man. And they go and chase it for a couple months. They're not really feeling it. They chase it for a couple months. In the United States, the second biggest group of new drug users is senior citizens because a lot of them just – they got nothing going. You know what I mean? They're just – I can't believe this is what I worked my entire life for what you have paid a great deal for. And your dad sounds like a great guy and he got you a low interest loan and he paid for your education. And by the way, do you know how many guys I know whose parents would have disowned them over what you did and your dad was there and he just took care of business and now he's given you a chance to take care of business It's going to be one of the great, it's hard how you get there, but the day you pay off that debt is going to be one of the greatest days of your life, Johan, like one of the greatest days of your life. And you are going to learn so much up until and on that day. Okay. So it's, uh, you paid for an education. I want you to know this. I lost a lot more money than you did, but I paid for an education. I've made quite a bit of money since then because I've, Understood, you know, I I still make mistakes. I still, I've taken my lumps. I've lost a considerable amount of money pretty much every year from bad mistakes. But like overall, I'm net positive, made a lot of money uh, just because I made mistakes. I made quite a few mistakes and uh, I learned from it. And you're just right in that spot. So what you got to do now, you got to kind of accept it. And one way you can do that is just ask yourself, Something you can do, and this is from uh, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, uh, I would first recommend you read that book because it's really, really good, and it's a lot of practical wisdom, but something that really helps me that's from that book is you type out what is the problem, and you explain it in full detail, right? You, you explain everything in as full of detail as possible, and then you list out what are the solutions, and you write every solution you can think of, and then at the end, you go, what is the best solution? And you just commit yourself to that. The thing I think you're doing is, I think, one, you're in a guilt spiral, which all good people do, but you don't have to be in a guilt spiral. You're starting to pay back the debt. Your dad's really supportive. I think you've got a good head on your shoulders the way you've given up drink and you know, drugs and you're working out at the gym. I think you've got to develop some hobbies, my friend. I think you're getting a little too into your head. You've got to find something that makes you happy. And it's really good if it's like, you got to make it physical. I really like reading, but I mean, you know, a, it, it's uh it's not good to like sit in a corner reading all day, you know what I mean, as your relaxation. So you can make that physical by listening to audiobooks while you walk, right? If you really like uh you know, if you really like music, you can get involved in the local music scene, you know what I mean? You can start going to more shows, talking to the artists. You can go to a concert and move around, that's one of the greatest parts about going to a concert, you know? And uh, whatever it is, just develop an interest in it and just develop some fun with it, you know what I mean? And fun kind of comes from discipline, whatever it is. It could be martial arts. It could be a lot of different things. Uh, Read books, kind of find out what flips your cookie, and have that outside of poker. I would not be doing nearly as well if I didn't have, you know, the battle rap stuff, if I didn't have the reading, if I didn't get the, it sounded like you really like travel. There's no reason to stop traveling. You just got to do it a different way. See, make it a game. See if you can do it really budget oriented. You know what I mean? See if you can get those really cheap like Euro rail passes, you know, on a super sale. And then when you go to a new city, maybe take some time by yourself to actually see the sights and stuff like that. Don't, you know, try to actually take some time for yourself at different Occasions, walk around and see the sights, do physical stuff, you know, play a sport, whatever it is. But once you have a discipline outside of poker, you're going to realize poker is the same thing. And it sounds like you're having a lot of fun playing cards. Just keep having fun. I think your dad paid that debt. It sounds like you're paying off that debt. It sounds like your dad paid off that debt just to, you know, get you out of a jam. I think in his head, you know... If this money never came back, he'd be super surprised, but he wouldn't, you know, you're still his son. And, uh, he, he, he thinks he has the faith you're going to figure it out. And, you know, I, based on your email, it was pretty heartfelt and, uh, you sound like you really got your head in the right place. I, I personally believe you will figure this out. It's going to take some years. Okay. 180,000 is no joke. I've paid that back six different times in my life. Uh, but You know, it's always at high stakes tournaments and stuff like that. You're not playing high stakes tournaments. You're going to have to work up to that. But be involved in poker. Don't just show up, put the hands in, and expect the 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 knowledge to just kind of secrete into your mind gradually. Uh, You're going to have to study. I mean, waking up one hour, best stuff you can find, concept videos. You know what I mean? Don't just watch some jackass who needs to make money. Uh, You know, okay, so here's me two tabling. All right, so I'm folding the A2. The A2 is a good fold. A2, you don't want to play from the hijack. All right, good fold me. All right, pat on the back. All right, let's wait three minutes for the next hand. You don't want to watch something like that. Watch concept videos, take notes, okay? And when you take notes, first take one page of notes, then read them and reduce them into something really easy to read. And then when you have those notes, reduce them again and then highlight what's actually important. You'll never forget this stuff for the rest of your life. And I mean, I I find you can train your memory to be pretty badass if you work at it. When I started battle rapping, I was like, how do these people memorize? Like a typical battle can be 150 lines. Imagine memorizing that for the battle I just did in Pittsburgh. For the Soros battle, it took me two months to memorize that. For the Pittsburgh battle, it took me three days. All right? The way you can train your mind, there's numerous books about it, but a lot of it is just coming up with tricks, coming up with, uh, we talk about a ton of this in the professional's mindset and master poker with one hour a day. Uh, But uh, it's essentially just, you can get Quizlet on your phone. Uh, Quizlet has, like, you can just do flip cards. Whenever, when I was in the airport, you know, when I'm studying, I just kind of read through those. It's a great warm-up before poker. And you go through them. Or you can do a warm-up just by doing a few situations. That's what I was trying to do with Test Your Poker. But, it, you know, there's lots of hands on the Internet for free. You don't even have to pay for it. I I personally believe my hands are a lot better than most people's and my questions and answers. But <clears throat> you can watch people. People post hands all over the Internet talking about what should you do here. And people post their answers, right? And it's just about finding quality work out there. And then don't be afraid to involve yourself with like articles and don't be afraid to write stuff. I did a lot of work for free before I started getting paid quite a bit to teach, right? People didn't see the five years of doing. I, I never took money for a lot of the stuff I did. I didn't take money for a lot of my articles, for a lot of uh, when Bluff was like, Would you like to write an article for us? I didn't think about money. I should be paying them to have an article in Bluff magazine. You know what I mean? And uh, I did a lot of work for free, but it allowed me to refine my thinking process and to think about it. They do this. This is really interesting, Barry. If you guys want to be tilt resistant, I'm reading this book called Stumbling On to Happiness. They were talking about this uh, test that they used to do where it's essentially they pull out like a color swatch right? You know, when you go to pick the paint out for your house and they show you like 22 different types of yellow, right? And they show you the yellow like really quick. And they say, okay, we want you to pick out this yellow again. Then they put the yellow away and they go, why don't you describe that yellow, right? They actually find like your description of what you see is going to color it in a different way. So it's hard to pick it out from the swatch because you will change the memory in your head. If you want to turn all your minuses into pluses, write about it, discuss it in a positive way. You will reframe the memory. You will create a, almost a new reality. So you will be more, uh, I, I think this is, I used to be such a fatalist. This was also really interesting in that book. They were talking about, one question they talk about is like, why do people not watch tape sports? Why does nobody watch, like, uh, football that was recorded even if they don't know the score? It's because subconsciously people think if they're screaming it's going to affect the game. Why do people – they do all these tests. It's like how much will people risk on a dice throw by another person versus if they can throw the dice, right? And uh, always they're willing to gamble more if they can throw the dice. Everybody estimates that they have some edge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on something and people gamble more when they find the other person incompetent. The only people who do, who resist this in their tests are clinically depressed. Clinically depressed people are very good at estimating odds. This is why depression is three or four or five times more prevalent in the professional poker community than it is in the average populace. So congratulations, Johan. It sounds like you're qualified to become a professional (laughs) poker player. But, I mean, I'm serious. Like, you go through your depressive episodes, and I'm sorry, that's just the cost of doing business. I'm not even going to tell people – I'm done with telling people, like, I struggle with depression, but I don't want want people – to uh and i mean there's different degrees of depression like i have days where i don't want to get out of bed but after 20 minutes i think i'm more of a typical person i'm like just punch yourself and get up you know and just keep moving and there's different you know there's types of clinical depression where the person is like frail and looking like they're gonna die like laying in their bed and i'm not talking about that that's a severe mental illness but the common depression is like the common cold and a lot of times it, it, it is the reason why you're a good professional poker player. You, being a pessimist, John Wood had a huge thing in the professional's mindset. We were trying to talk about how, you know, I believe Trisha Cardiner's work, uh, positive poker is really important, but I think you need to realize that can come from a framework of pessimism a lot of the time. You think about uh, an optimist. John, this was John Wood. He was like, an optimist is a guy who gets 20 in blackjack and says, hit me, right? That's an optimist. A pessimist knows it's not going to come. So there is a framework of pessimism. And unfortunately, neurochemically, where that comes from a lot of the time is clinical depression. So if you're feeling depressed, that's kind of the cost of doing business. It's up to you to reframe it and retool it to make it work for you. And the way you do that is you color your memories different by talking about it, talking about it with a coach. Talking about it with a friend, writing about it, thinking about it in different ways, studying, applying real parameters to it, you know, applying real, honest, rigorous analysis, applying that is what's going to color it in a different way. That is on you now. You also have to have an outlet, preferably a physical outlet. And then I think a lot of times you will reframe this and you've got to love the game. I did not do really well for a number of years, even some of those years on this one-hour podcast, because I didn't love the game. I felt the game owed me something. Uh, I I didn't realize... You know, I was talking to my sister, and I was like, Annie, I'm kind of depressed about some things, and I told her some stuff I'm not going to repeat here. And she was like, do you realize you can do anything you want to do? She's like, I'm working. She's a receptionist at a... uh, at a veterinarian's uh and she she loves what she does she ha- she works four days she's got three days off right and but she's like i can't take like two weeks to go where i want to go like if i wanted to you know she writes a lot and she's a great writer but she's like let's say i want to be stephen king i want to go to maine right and i want to write from there you can do that and still do your job alex i don't get to do that right and now some people would be pissed off at the look what you have that I don't have, but she was so right. She was like, look at all the stuff you get to do with poker because it offers you the freedom to go battle rap in Pittsburgh. And it offers you the freedom to go on these little vacations and stuff like that. That is what the game, you don't, the game doesn't owe you anything. Right. You know, she didn't say that she, she, we weren't talking about poker at this moment, but she was a, you, you, you know, in the, when it comes to like the scope of history, like what most people had to do for a living and what how much people had to work you know like there i mean i experienced this when i was up in uh, kodiak alaska when i uh, when i was up in bristol bay like you work 20 hour shifts you work with the tides with salmon fishing and it's like that's what my father and my father's father and what everybody's been doing for the last 100 years i get to sit on my ass on a laptop <laughs> you know what i mean and work from yeah. that and you're one of those people too so uh, and you know what? You can get that experience. You can go do volunteer work. There's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence that that helps quite a bit with depression. Uh, there's a ton of evidence about that because you start seeing what other people are going through and you start physically working and you start getting something together and you start getting your mind together. You're meeting really good people. That's the other thing about poker. Like, I loved everybody in Pittsburgh But I kept my mouth shut when I was at the poker room because that, you know, those are gamblers and gamblers are different people. They're not, a a lot of them are sick. You know, it's, it's not, it's not something we like to talk about, but there's a lot of guys that just, they gamble because they're trying to prove something. There's also, you know, there's old timers that are hanging out and it's a good time. And there's a lot of young people that just want to prove their metal, but They got the money, but there's a lot of just angry people that play poker. Our people get really angry when they play poker. A lot of entitled people play poker because, remember, if you think everybody else is an idiot, you overestimate. You start gambling more, according to a lot of research. So naturally, the people that gamble more, the people you're more likely to run into are people that believe you're incompetent, and they're really likely to treat you that way. And if you're around that environment all the time, you're going to go nuts. So you got to, you know, you got to go to a gym. You know, I like talking to the people at the gym, like very normal people. You know, I like talking to Uber drivers. I like like talking to people at my church. You know what I mean? You start realizing, you know, you start getting a good frame of reference. I think you're going to be all right, Johan. Good luck to you.
1: Okay, and uh, I think that's all we got time for this episode. That was an
2: epic one, though. So we had that to was take that time. Point. So that.
1: <laughs> yeah, when people empty their soul on an email and send it in, we got we got to deal with it. Yeah, we can't exactly know? go too
2: long, and read and move on. Yeah, to the next one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, okay, so Alex, how can people get in touch with you for further information, products, your webinars? And as I say, I read your email, you're doing lessons, but hey, like sir. one per person just now. One per, one limit, per so. person
2: so we can get as many people as possible. Uh, there is yeah. an application you guys need to fill out. Essentially, I realized most of my enjoyment from doing lessons was with a certain group of people, and all of my pain was coming from a certain type of people, right, type of person. And that type of person is the guy that has no idea what he wants. His backer paid for him to be there. He doesn't really want to be there. And what the application does is let me know exactly what I need to do in your lesson. And if it's something that gets me really excited, which pretty much everybody who's ridden in has been that way so far, it's really good. And, uh, yeah, so you, you know, write into dot com. Uh, if you don't get a response, I don't know why you wouldn't, but we had a couple emails get lost recently. I'm not really sure why, but you can write assassinatocoaching at gmail.com, too. You can just write me on both, whatever. You know, If I get two of them, that's cool. Light up my inbox. But uh, there's, you know, you fill out the application if you're approved. The, the way it works is if I have two applications that have been approved, the first person who gets their money and gets the time slot, right? And essentially... All the times right now are going to be 12 Eastern, right? 12 Eastern is the only time I'm doing right now. It works really well with my schedule. That's when I'm in the best mood. That's when I can do the absolute best lesson. I don't want to do it at the end of the day because I should be really fresh uh, for your lesson. I used to do them at 7 and 8 in the morning to help the Eastern Europeans. I don't like that anymore because one of us has to be awake and I'm the one getting paid. And it's really hard to be awake at 7, 8 in the morning so like 10 o'clock is what we want to be doing, right? 10 o'clock my time, 12 o'clock uh, Eastern, right? That, that's that's going to be the time. Tell me what days work for you. I will offer you the time once the money is in, you're locked in. And uh, the prices are one ninety nine ninety nine on 99 uh, on PokerStars. That's Assassinato Costa Rica. Well, whatever. Write me. I'll send it to you. And it's uh, 189 one eighty nine ninety nine on PayPal because, honestly, really hard to get money stateside when you're a poker player on dot com sites in Costa Rica and my PayPal links to my uh Bank of America. So I'm just normally I have to pay fees to like get it to the States, right? To pay my bills. I'm just cutting if you guys save me those fees, I'm just gonna pass the savings on to you. And uh yeah, uh uh we uh, uh be sure to check out the YouTube channel. There's like free uh webinars on there. There's like free content videos. One of them has Uh, ready to test your poker is almost at 3000 views, Barry, which is insane because I didn't really publicize that or anything. Right. And we had like 200 people on the actual webinar. So, you know, they're not watching it again. Right. So anyway, uh, check, check out that video. Uh, Barry's going to put it in the notes. Ready to test your poker is, uh, a free webinar I put on YouTube. I put part of my master poker with one hour a day, uh, webinar up on YouTube and a lot of people have been liking that and writing me back. Uh, follow that YouTube channel. I'm going to be trying to, now that I'm back home for like a month, I'm going to be trying to put something up uh, every day, be, be it a vlog or like a question or something. You know what I mean? Uh, it's going to be a good time and sign up for my newsletter at pokerheadrush.com and you all, I know there's a lot of stuff that comes out and it's hard to keep track of all of it. I want you guys to get all the free stuff. Check out America's Card Room's blog. I'm doing a weekly column there. Uh, Be sure to check all that good stuff out. And, uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in any of the webinars, just write me. I'll send you you info about it. And, uh, yeah, you know, hit me up. I uh, I found this way, Barry, that I have a dictation. I have dictation software now. So when I'm responding to emails, I just put on my headset and I talk for two hmm. minutes, and then I have five paragraphs, and then I just clean up the grammar. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> awesome, It's uh, because in the old days, my hands would just get tired from typing. So, yeah, this is awesome. So, yep, yeah, uh, awesome, uh, as, cool. as every American says. Now, uh, awesome. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening to this show and getting us to 102.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's weird when I'm reading out now, like, instead of, like, 6788, it's like, Hundred and two, yeah, I nearly say, you know, hundred and two. Yeah, it's okay. like, yeah, episode one hundred and two. I got to do like that's it. So yeah, thank you for listening and thanks for all the questions. We do have a few more there I've got in a file that need to be dealt with on the next show, so we'll get to that on episode one hundred and three. Uh thanks for listening. Keep your questions coming in questions at oneouter.com on email. Cheers. Astrobia.
0: OSS Cubed Gigantic, a monster, enormous, behemoth The OSS Cubed gets underway on Sunday, August 14th and it's bringing to the table a whopping $4.5 million in guarantees over four weeks Yep, that's $4.5 million, our most exciting endeavor yet with three massive main events It all adds up to 141 online poker events with something for everyone There's also a combined leaderboard that will award four all-inclusive packages, $4,900 value each to the 2016 Punta Cana Poker Classic and it's waiting for you at America's Card Room.